This episode of Priority One is brought to you by Sayulita.com. For more information, visit Sayulita.com and by listeners like you. Visit PriorityOnePodcast.com for more information on how you can continue to support our network. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 164 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast. Recorded Thursday, March 6th, 2014, live on trekradio.net and available for download or streaming on Monday mornings at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Cookie. I'm James. And I'm still Tony. Uh, Tony, thank you very much for filling in for Jace this evening. Unfortunately, he's under the weather. and uh, It's like but, I was just here. You, sir. You, sir, are always welcome. <laughs> and no, it's only been a week. Aren't we all under the weather, technically? We are living under weather, yes. Well, James, tell us what we have in store this week. <laughs> Captains, this week we trek out a few awesome independent projects available for fans of Star Trek. Then we trek out the latest Stow news and dig a little deeper into the Galaxy Class reboot. Later, in our Community Spotlight segment, Chivalry Bean brings us his Foundry Officer's report and reviews of Morals and Ethics by Vaporak. And of course, as always, we'll be opening hailing frequencies and seeing what's incoming from you, our listeners. Captains, don't forget that PriorityOnePodcast.com offers more than just podcasts. This week, Varzik returns with his next installment of Role Player's Guide to the Galaxy. In it, he helps players develop a backstory for your roleplay character. Check out the blog and more only on PriorityOnePodcast.com. And lastly, Captains, before we move on with the show, we invite you to keep an eye on our social media platforms like Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast or on Twitter at StowPriorityOne. We're hoping that every Sunday evening around 9 p.m. Eastern, we'll be taking to Twitch TV for live playthroughs of Star Trek Online, hosted by the cast and crew of Priority One Podcast and the Priority One Fleet. Subscribe to our channel at twitch.tv forward slash Priority One. Well, Captains, let's get ready to trek it out. Jim, what places? I don't know. Then let's trek it out. So this week on Trek It Out, we know everyone wishes Star Trek was on TV weekly, but here are some other things you could watch or look forward to watching. The first independent production we'd like to highlight is Star Trek Continues. This production was created by a team of entertainment professionals who also happen to be huge Star Trek fans. According to StarTrekContinues.com, Vic Mignon and his team created the fan production with the goal of completing the final two years of the original five-year mission. So, Star Trek Continues begins right where the original series left off. So you will see all of the familiar characters from the original series, just with different faces. In addition to the regular cast, you can expect to see cameos from Jamie Bamber, who played Leah Dama on Battlestar Galactica, 
The voice of the yeah. ship's computer is played by Marina Sirtis, who, of course, was Deanna Troy on Star Trek The Next Generation. And Michael Forrest did an amazing job in reprising his role as Apollo from a previous original series episode. You will also see appearances by Lou Ferrigno, who you may know from The Incredible Hulk movies, and Aaron Gray, who has been in many popular movies and TV shows over the years. And you can find out more about this at StarTrekContinues.com. I've watched the first episode of Star Trek Continues, and of the independent film productions that I've seen so far, this is probably one of my favorites, followed closely by Of Gods and Men by Renegades Production. Star Trek New Voyages Phase 2. This is another project that is also continuing the fourth and fifth seasons of the original five-year mission and bridging the gap to Star Trek The Motion Picture. According to StarTrekNewVoyages.com, it states, We are a group of fans who have come together with a common love for the classic era Star Trek for the purpose of having fun while making new episodes. They have actually been around for a while now. The first episode was actually back in about 2004, and the idea for uh, creating this series first originated in 1997 by James Cowley. Their uh, ultimate goal is to produce a full year's worth of webisodes while maintaining Gene Roddenberry's philosophy and vision for the original 1960s television show. Check out what they've made so far at StarTrekVoyages.com. Have any of you guys seen Voyages? The thing that confused me most about Phase 2 was, okay, I understood that they were trying to continue on, but their episode nomenclature, right, the way that they labeled their episodes was 401, 402. So the first few times that I visited their website, I'm like, where's 301? Where's 20? I want to start from the beginning. Continues isn't doing that. It's not 0401. So I'm there thinking, geez, did I miss, you know, four years of, of phase two? No, no. Wow. Three years and, and of phase kinda, two? And, well, and that's kind of the fun and the problem with the fan productions. You know, they all want to carry the mantle, right? And some of them do a really good job, and some episodes are better than others. They're labors of love, much like this show. Not every single one of them is going to be fantastic, and not every single one of them is really worthy of the mantle of it. But they all make really good attempts, and there's some brilliant stuff in both New Voyages and in Continues. And that brings us to a show we haven't seen yet, Star Trek Renegades, because it's still in production. It's being produced by Renegade Studios, and it's professionally done to the standards of a television pilot to be presented for a possible online series. According to StarTrekRenegades.com, the show will be action-oriented, filled with suspense and espionage, all while exploring new worlds, encountering both familiar and new alien species, and boldly going where no Trek has gone before. Renegades, as the name suggests, is supposed to be bold, edgy, and a little dark. It's going to feature an all-star combination of familiar Star Trek faces like Walter Koenig, Chekhov from the original series, reprising his role now as Admiral Chekhov, and Tim Russ, reprising his role as Tuvok, and Robert Picardo, plus a collection of new rising actors. For news and updates, check out StarTrekRenegades.com. We had the opportunity of interviewing one of the creative directors behind Star Trek Renegades. This is a production I'm looking forward to of Gods and Men, you know, did feel a little fan-made, right? It had a, a little bit of those pitfalls. But from the screenshots that are being released on their Facebook page, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I hope it's a bit of a darker Star Trek. It looks really good. They, the props were at the Las Vegas convention last week. They had the table Dark full of props for the show, and they were fantastic. Yeah, I mean, the props were, were pretty good. I yeah, was really oh, yeah. impressed with the props. Star Trek Farragut. 
According to StarshipFarragut.com, Farragut Films has partnered with Dracogen Strategic Investments to create a high-quality, original web series based on the original series of Star Trek. Their premise, new ship, new crew, new adventures, but all based on the era of classic Trek. So this is a little different because you won't see any familiar names. This is all a new crew, which does give them a little more room to play. Starship Farragut was conceived by John Broughton in November 2004 and officially launched in July 2005. Along with the regular episodes, they also produced two animated episodes, so there's something for everyone. You can find these episodes at starshipfarragut.com. Star Trek Axanar is a groundbreaking independent film that is written and produced by Alec Peters. According to StarTrekAxonar.com and our interview with Mr. Peters last week in episode 163 of Priority One Podcast, the story takes place 21 years before the events of the first episode of Star Trek, the original series. Axonar is the story of Garth of Izar, a character only seen in one episode of the original Star Trek. Axonar tells the story of Garth and his crew during the Four Years' War with the Klingon Empire that almost destroyed the Federation. Garth was a hero of the Battle of Axanar, the story of which is required reading at the Academy. Garth's victory at Axanar solidified the Federation and allowed it to become the entity we know in Kirk's time. Axanar will start shooting in March 2014 with a very successful Kickstarter campaign with their introductory video, Prelude to Axanar. The final story is scheduled to be released later this winter, 2014. For more information, visit StarTrekAxanar.com, or you can also listen to the interview on last week's episode, episode 163, on PriorityOnePodcast.com. The teaser that was released is just out of this world. I mean, that rivaled JJ, literally. It really mm -hmm. did. And the story that Alec Peters wants to tell... I want to watch. I'm really excited about the story. I'm really excited about the special effects. They've got a great team together and freaking Colonel Ty. Sorry, fracking Colonel Ty. I know. Ty. I know. Fracking Colonel Ty is Robert April. Guy is fracking Colonel Ty is Robert April. I know. Holy crap. That, Seriously. That is like, that is the perfect casting decision. I could not have come up with a better Robert April as long as he can pull off an English accent. Having Alec Peters on last week, the dude was passionate and the passion was infectious. And if he can do with this story what the Halo live-action film trailers did for Halo 3, I am all up on that, right? Because Halo 3 trailers for Halo 3 where it w they were interviewing soldiers years after the war. It was a documentary-style thing. If that. he can do that with this, oh, man. So, Captains, although there may not be a weekly series, you can always check out these amazing productions. Links to these projects can be found in our show notes for this episode. Discover something that you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about? Send them on over to us via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Let's check out what happened in Star Trek Online News. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. In Season 8, DevBlog number 55, Captain Smirk releases the specs of the Fleet Galaxy Dreadnought Cruiser, available to captains as of March 6th. Inspired by the Next Generation series finale episode, All Good Things, the sheer display of raw power from the Galaxy Dreadnought is one of the most memorable moments in Star Trek. And now, 
players can get their hands on a fleet variant of this rebooted cruiser. As it stands with most fleet variants, the fleet Galaxy Dreadnought sees the standard plus 10% whole hit points and shields, and a 10th console slot. You'll have four tactical consoles, four engineering consoles, and two science consoles. It will come standard with an integrated phaser lance and hangar slot. The Fleet Galaxy Dreadnought will be available for five fleet modules, or one fleet module, if you already own the Sea Store Galaxy Dreadnought. So, James, I know you're not much of a Galaxy Cruiser captain, unless it's the Vesta, of course, but what do you think about the Galaxy? Does it do the, the show justice? I only wish we had Elliot here, because this is, this is Elliot's Vesta. This is his baby, and I know he has stuff to say about this but it's it's funny that y you asked that because you know the last time Elliot and I talked and we were comparing things about that that I would like to see for the Vesta and that he would like to see for this this is exactly pretty much what he asked for I mean I don't know if he wrote uh, Al Rivera a personal letter saying could you just make it this um, but somewhere in a corner in the dark Elliot sits going squeeze Shut up and take my money, all of it. I don't care, $60, $80, $100. So um, I think they're doing it justice. I do. I mean, as far as making it the beefcake that it should be, but still keeping game balance, I think this is about as good as you can get. I'm really actually pretty happy with what they've done here. Uh, even though, like you said, I'm not a Galaxy captain, I'm actually thinking about it. That's That in itself says something that it's enough to, to maybe lure me out of one of my escorts or my Vesta um, to, to try it out. Um, so I, I think they did a really good job. The balance looks good. The slots look good. You know, the, the cool, the shotgun, once the, the saucer separated, your lance turns into a shotgun. I think that's pretty cool. The, or what they call wide beam, but basically it's a shotgun. Yeah. I think there's some great improvements here. And, and I really love the, uh, console, um, synergy that you're going to get too for the, for the three piece. So two piece, two piece set. Or two-piece. Yes, you're right. Two-piece. So, uh, Jason and I were talking about the ship, and, and there seems to be two schools of thought when the reboot was announced. And one of them is, oh my god, this ship can deal so much damage. This, this ship could, could be a contender. And then there's the Star Trek Online forum school of thought that says, why do I have an ensign lieutenant console only? And for whatever reason, is is a deal breaker for this ship. I think really what they're trying to do is it's it's they they want to make it a scimitar competitor. I mean, yeah, exactly. I really think exactly. that's what they're really after. And I think that at some day eventually we're going to see, uh, and maybe it's the Garumba. Maybe that's what they're doing with the Garumba. Why it's not out yet? They're they're going to have a a Garumba or another Klingon that's a Klingon dreadnought. And have it, and have kind of the the balance across factions be that way. I, you know, the you've got people that were expecting that lieutenant universal console that, or the lieutenant commander tactical. That's really right, what right. people are. They they were they're looking at this like, hey, this is my chance to deal super duper tactical damage to get the cannon, uh, cannon scatter volley uh, two in there, or if you wanted your cannon guy or to get the uh, higher fire at will. And that, that's what they were looking for. That's what they're hoping to get, the fire at will three in there. And no, that's 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 not the Federation's thing. It's This is a dreadnought cruiser, yes, but it's a Federation dreadnought cruiser. It's a tank. 
and it's got the phaser lance on it for that thing, and I know the phaser lance misses, and I know it's got its problems, but that's that's the Thaleron beam of the Federation, okay, the phaser lance. It could use some work, I agree, it needs some more work still, but that's what it's there for, and that's the balance, that's the trade-off. And, you know, if you don't like it, wait for the Klingon one. While the Ensign Universal console is clearly a topic of debate throughout the Star Trek Online community, in the recent patch notes for March 6th, something has changed that may turn that tide. Tony, why don't you talk to us a little bit about those uh, those patch notes? Well, I kind of hinted at it a little bit, and it's the shared cooldown that uh, has gone on from the team powers since the low, the very early days of the, uh, of the game. That is now gone. According to Adjudicator Hawk, the reason was sort of a in-fiction thing. You could have a team and it would be a tactical team or a science team or an engineering team and then while that team was super busy attending to a science problem or an engineering problem, it wouldn't be available to, to help with anything else. And that was a, uh, a I suppose a fine in-fiction uh, solution to uh, balance or whatever, but it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense anymore. Um, especially with uh, he was citing statistics of how the most often used hull heal was a science power, and the most often used shield heal was an engineering power, and that's not how this game was designed. And it forced people to make choices that the game doesn't really want or need you to make in order to have fun and have good builds. So I, I, th I think this is a good move. Like I said, I, I'm toying around with it right now. Being able to light off engineering team and tactical team at the same time is kind of nice. And I've loaded science team on a ship for the first time since ever. I don't think I've ever used science team uh, on my ships before. Uh, now I have. So I think it's a, another good move by them and maybe a long time coming. And I think another example of the D'Angelo effect, something that he's going back and sort of looking at original assumptions and things that have been in the game for a long time and going, eh, do we really need that anymore? Is there a really good reason why we kept that around for so long? And if the answer is no, then they fix it or they take it out. So I'm off my soapbox now. Cookie, why don't you read the patch notes? The shared cooldown between team powers of different careers has been removed. There is still a shared cooldown between two team powers of the same career. For example, science team one and science team three. Known issues. There is no error explaining that loadouts and quick equip will not work if the captain's inventory is full. Powers granted by a space set are not remembered in the power tray when using the loadouts feature. Okay, so the big issue here is that players believe that... At, well, you see, here's, here's, here's another separation, right? You have some players going, Oh my gosh, we've been waiting for this the entire time we've been playing Star Trek Online since the beginning of time. Where finally, we can use our, our emergency teams without having to wait, right? We can finally slot that ensign slot and there'll be a good use for it. That voice then, is making me really uncomfortable. And then <laughs> and then you have the PVP group where they are saying, "Okay, this is this is seriously going to mess up PVP combat because this essentially creates an unstoppable force in the game." <sighs> and so I, I want to quote Vox Voxlag IND and he writes, I think I finally accepted that Star Trek Online is a casual player's game. I've been waiting all this time for it to set up as a serious MMO, when Cryptic's been saying and showing us all along that it isn't. It never will be. 
It's not supposed to be compared to games like World of Warcraft, EVE, or Guild Wars. It's supposed to be compared to games you download onto your phone. Entertaining, pay to play it faster, but nothing that offers any need for balance. When I read this, it, it struck me a little bit. You know, it actually resonated and and I felt that this actually might be true, right? It has, is Star Trek Online to be considered not up in the ranks of, of, of these major titles like World of Warcraft and EVE? Are we seeing game mechanics introduced or altered in a way that is only catered to casual gamers, the same type of gamers that you would find just, you know, downloading Flappy Bird or or any other casual mobile phone. I'm game. sorry. Let's let's I, back up just a moment here. Just a second. Did you just compare Star Trek Online to Flappy Bird? Whoa. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. So you just so uh, uh, the the point is interesting. It's an interesting point that the it, the game has to make choices between the quote hardcore player and the quote casual player and i do, that's kind of a false choice i mean a gamer who wants to download it and try it out is by guess i guess by definition the most casual possible player and if they download it and try it and they don't like it and they pitch it that's fine that shows up on cryptic's data as one of those spikes one of the horns right al always talks about the horns one of the spikes at the very beginning they download it they install it they try it they leave they don't like those spikes cryptic doesn't like those spikes they want to shrink it okay let's keep those casual players in the game for as long as we can then you go to the other end of the uh, experience down to the level 50s if you get to level 50 and then you leave that's another one of those spikes that that uh, that goes and they don't like those either they would like to make that spike go away too here's the problem if you don't keep them in the game at first they don't get a chance to be a spike at the end of the game at the end so if it's if you have to if uh, players want to say that there's a choice between casual and hardcore real MMOs, guess what? The smart business move is to always side with the casual player. Yeah, but if that if is these, just the smart business move. If these move. casual players, if the, the exit event is happening too soon, right? Because there was actually a, a very great article on MMORPG by Matt Miller who talks about the exit event and the, the moment when a player leaves... And there are, uh, what, there's metadata to me- that that developers measure to identify what this exit event might be. Right. What was the guy doing when he never came back? Right. Correct. What was the last thing that they did, or 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 there's a survey that that is given to you when you when you decide to uninstall the game or quit, where it says why are you deciding to uninstall this game? Matt Miller goes into great detail about this. It's a great article, Captain. So we encourage you to to check it out. The point being is that. Is that Star Trek Online? Although I, I'm a, even in our last conversation with with Al Rivera when he was talking about possibly revamping the skill system for Star Trek Online, I understand that you want to make it more accessible to a majority of casual players, but there should still be something within the game that allows the die-hard players, the the players that want to min-max and the players that want to dig deep into the math of the game. There should still be something available to them because I consider myself to be a casual MMO player. I really do. I I am not the definition of a min-maxer, right? I have to rely on on other people to to educate me from time to time on on the game mechanics of Star Trek Online particularly or or any other MMO that I might be playing. Me too. 
That doesn't mean, though, that once I have a grasp of the, of the concept, then I'm not going to go in and I'm not going to start opening up spreadsheets and I'm not going to start researching what is available and accessible to me. And I think that PvP was that last, that, that, that last hope for those min-maxers, right? The, the, the last area of the game where they could call their own. And here we have a moment where a, a a core game mechanic has been changed, something that we've grown to accept, right? When I was trained by Epsilon in my no-one scenario build, okay, I didn't load up science team one. I didn't load engineering team one. No, no, no. I loaded hazard emitters, right? I loaded uh, emergency power to shields. Now here we are. And and the reason for that is because it shared the cooldown, right? It didn't it didn't do me any good launching tactical team and then all of a sudden I'm I'm injured and I want to clear the debuffs and I can't use science team. No no, I had to rely on, on hazard emitters. Now here I am relying on science team. And for PvPers, for those for the the, the small group of people who are min maxers and who appreciate the intricacies and the math behind an MMO it's kind of been taken away from them a little bit or it's a it's a new approach how do you take down a galaxy dreadnought who can launch science and engineering team all at once okay i have to i'm in a unique position here this is this is my unique position my my retirement my quasi retirement from the show has already been announced i'm i'm already kind of an outsider a little bit so i'm gonna lay down some real hard truth ready here it is the pvp community very small if Cryptic wants to go in there and gut the PvP mechanic, which they are going to do, mark my words, gut it and completely rebuild it from the ground up, everybody who's got their killer PvP build out there right now is going to be furious. And you know what? That's okay. Because what's going to happen is that everybody else that has thought, maybe eh, maybe I want to try PvP, but then goes up against everybody that's already got the system figured out and can get pwned in 10 seconds or less because everyone's got the thing figured out, they're just not going to do it because they hear anyway the PvP in Star Trek Online is not that great. They're going to gut it. They're going to revamp it. They're going to relaunch the thing to great fanfare, and it's going to make the current PvP community, number one, very mad at first, but number two, bring in tons of fresh blood. But the, the, this new ability system is introducing the ability to, to launch your, your team abilities without a cooldown. It makes it, it, makes it very difficult Almost imp- from what I'm reading on the forums, it, it just it it does not, um, it's not introducing a new mechanic that is challenging, but actually kind of taking a step back. From what I'm reading, it's taking a step back. And there's going to be a lot more steps back before they break the system entirely and relaunch it. The PvP is PvP in Star Trek Online has never been good, never, and it needs to be better. I mean, it's one of those areas of the game that is unfinished, and. As we were, as I was talking about earlier, with within the D'Angelo era, this is something that's gotta get fixed, and the game has uh, the game has some room to fail. If this is a huge mistake and revamping the PvP and changing these balances and all this kind of stuff is a terrible thing, and people rage quit over it, Star Trek Online has some room to make some failures. It's okay. I don't. I, they've got room to experiment and room to take some bold steps. And quite frankly, I think they should take more. They should do. They should break more things, and in the name of in the name of making the game better in the long term, 
and more accessible for people to get into and then love and enjoy. And the more people that get into it and love and enjoy it, the more time they spend in it, the more money they spend in it, the longer they play it, the more chance they have of getting to level 50 and sticking around, playing the end game, playing PvP, getting into the new crafting system, um, providing dilithium for the market uh, by grinding away at projects. It's just better for all concerned. They can take chances, and it'll be fine. It'll be okay. Captains, we want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on the changes to team abilities? How do you think this might affect your gameplay? Is it for the better? Is it for the worse? Share your thoughts with us in the comment section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com or by replying to our forum post in the official Star Trek Online forums. Well, Captains, that wraps up Star Trek Online news for this week. Let's get briefed on this week's Foundry Officer Report with Shivery Bean and his review of Of Morals and Ethics by Vapora. Chivalry being here with another Foundry Officer Report. This week, let's have a discussion of Morals and Ethics by Voporak. Of Morals and Ethics takes your ship into an alternate universe, and you must do some difficult things to get back. The mission features ground and space combat, branching dialogue, and a look at actions and consequences. The maps are customized to provide mood for the mission. You'll visit familiar places they won't be as you would find them in your normal universe. There was some combat, but minimal. Fairly easy in a geared up ship or the powerful away team. While there isn't much in the way of real choice in the mission, there are dialogue options to state how you feel about what happened or what you're about to have to do. I'd suggest you look at this in the light of a what-if story as opposed to something your character actually went and did. That's up to you. I would hope in a similar situation, I would find alternate methods to get what was needed done, but the mission does take a good look at the consequences for the actions you do make. Pacing was a little slow for me, but I can't place a finger on why. Also, there are some silly NPCs and events that don't fit in entirely too well in what is otherwise a serious story. As much as I like silly, they are out of place here. Of Morals and Ethics is a mission with crafted maps and a look at what can go wrong when you make certain choices. It's worth a playthrough. Now let's open a heading frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Heading frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Alright, Captains, we are at the point of the show where we get your feedback. Here are last week's community questions. What did you think of the increased inventory slots? Does this remedy inventory issues for you? Admiral Tuvix of the Priority One Fleet says, Great show and welcome new host. I agree, a separate inventory for loadouts would be great because whenever I go to a vendor to unload loot, I have to watch and make sure I don't sell something that goes in a loadout. I never have a problem with that because it's always bound to character. I can't sell it anyway. Well, you can still sell some of that stuff. If I've already used it, I can't sell it. Well, you can still sell some things in the vendor even if, you, if, you, if it's bound to character. And so if you have like a Mark 12 purple something that you got, you can still dump it for EC. So you kind of have to watch out. So it could be an interesting uh, tabbed inventory discussion that needs to happen, I think. I really, well, we had this discussion last week. I really want 
a tabbed inventory. I yeah. really want something yeah. that I can control myself, where I can, you know, move ship items into inventory slot number two. And MJ Bird writes in, Cookie fits right in as a host. Well, that's true. Mm, 100%. Sean Newboy writes, awesome episode, everyone. I love my new bank and inventory slots. I mean, I, listen, I'm not going to lie. It was It's nice to have extra space. I'm glad that they they finally f- they fixed the bug where it wasn't saving how you arranged it, right? Like if you the, the size of the window. Um, it's not a bad thing that they've added inventory slots. I just you know I I just I wonder why. I wonder what's holding them back from giving us tabbed inventories. Um, UI time. I don't. I don't know. Mm, I, I don't think it's. The Grand Nagus commented via PriorityOnePodcast.com. Like you guys mentioned in last week's episode, I don't think the average player was really feeling the pain Terry discussed in her article. I know I wasn't. That said, the new slots were certainly a pleasant surprise. Still, I would have rather seen inventory tabs like you discussed. Hopefully they can make that happen one day. On PriorityOnePodcast.com, we got something from Sunsail who says... The new increased slotting is a welcome improvement. My only concern is that with the Fleet Galaxy X being released this Thursday, what excuse will Cryptic give us for delaying the launch of the Fleet Garumba? This single KDF ship has been asked about several times. Mm. Well, we we talked about this a little earlier, didn't we? That 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 what what was it that was said? What I I'm hoping that they take that and they make that the sort of Klingon dreadnought that they really beef that thing way up and, and turn that into the super awesome. You know, the Klingon equivalent of the Galaxy X and the and the uh, uh, Scimitar. That's my crystal ball. Just a guess. That's just my guess. Sorontru posted on the Star Trek online forum post for this episode. Loved the Trek It Out section this week. Thank you for doing it. I may or may not have had a mild nerdgasm while visiting their site and checking out how fantastic the production quality is among the Axonar team. As for the inventory increase. The extra bank space was nice for my characters that are still holding onto crafting resources for every tier. The personal increase was nice for not having to return to a vendor quite as often. I do wish they had spent some of those slots on the account bank. I keep a lot of my holiday materials, low buy, and sponsorship tokens stashed there. And at $10 per row, that storage does come at a premium. I would love to keep crafting materials in it, but there simply isn't enough room. That's a good point. I, you know, they, if they didn't show any love to the the account bank, and I guess uh, I can see why they you know they have to bring some type of financial I- income. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's where they're going to monetize the the, the, the the inventory increase, and I, that's it's a convenience, right? So uh, it's a good place to do it. Puttenham comments on the Star Trek Online forum post for this episode. I don't usually talk nicely about Cryptic lately, but the inventory slots were nice. Not that I need them, but it's better than nothing, and it's a nice gesture. However, I've learned that everything comes with a price from Cryptic. So if they're giving us more slots, what are they releasing that's going to take up tons of slots, i.e. new crafting stuff? Well, maybe, yeah. I think, though, Al said they were going to try to condense the uh, crafting items, at least the particle traces, they may introduce additional crafting stuff that you've got to do. Um, but, you know, we'll see that when that comes. 
Hutchins wrote in on Star Trek Online Forum post for this episode and said, I usually really enjoy your show, but this week I have to admit I was a little disappointed. I do like the segment Trek It Out, but you have to keep it short and sweet for it to make sense in a podcast about Stowe. Just my two cents, but otherwise, keep up a great, keep up the great work. We had a one-hour Trek It Out segment with Alec Peters of Star Trek Axanar. Now, I fully appreciate the fact. Thank you for your feedback, Hachans. We we very much appreciate it. Uh, periodically, we like to broaden our scope uh, and bring in guests that may not be a part of Star Trek Online. Because, after all, we are all Star Trek fans. So we try to include other Star Trek genres just to add some variety to the to the show and, and to what you can expect as, as a listener. Although it did run a little long, uh, it, it was still a passion that that Mr. Peters shared with us that, that, we, that we wanted to then share with you. So, um, although it may have run a little long, it, it, Axanar is, a, is an independent film project that, that we are looking forward to seeing. The concept art, the, the teaser trailers, the art that we're seeing, the CGI that we're seeing is, is rivals that of JJ movies. It was, it was time well spent. Well, and the other thing is, is that people making the film are very passionate, and we know that our listeners are also very passionate. The, the overlap is pretty close but not 100 percent so you know some of our listeners may just want to skip past stuff like that but we bring stuff like that to you guys because chances are pretty good that most people would at least like to know about it even if they don't want to listen to the whole interview i bet i bet hachan's at least checked out axanar now we do not take payment from star trek axanar this is something that we we do not get no, no. advertising dollars for this is not something that he gave us money to to promote for him. This is something that that we saw that that our community manager Adrian Grady is also uh, participating in and is involved with. Uh, that we believed our listeners would enjoy hearing about. Right, that's what Trek It Out is is all about. It's about Star Trek. It's about broadening the horizon of, of of things outside of Star Trek Online and giving giving our listeners the opportunity to consume more Star Trek, not just from the game. Uh, so we will def you'll definitely hear more and different things and and a a slew of different topics. They may be longer. They may not be as long. For instance, our Trek It Out segments with Dr. Robert Hurt may not be an hour long, but it, it, it covers something that, that at its core is Star Trek. Of course, we are always taking suggestions, so if you have any ideas or comments or wish we covered something, send it to us via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Greetings, Priority One. This is Russell-KV4S responding to your community question about the bank slot increase. Uh, yes, we have needed this. This is a good first step. I've maxed out the bank slot. The next step is tabs. We need, uh, if they're able, ever able to fix the database problems or whatever is limiting that, uh, I'd like to see tab one, tab two, tab three of my character or account bank slot. Uh, I do think we need more account slots. Congrats uh, on uh, crossing the 150 mark. I'm late on that, but uh, on a great podcast and glad to have another thing to listen to on my commute every day. Talk to you later, Party One. 
Every week we get new followers and we're having them screen to make sure that actual fingers are typing keys to make sure they're real people joining us. Thanks to everybody who's jumped on the Priority One social media train and be sure to retweet and favorite our tweets. I guess even the bots. That wraps up episode 164 of Priority One Podcast, recorded live on trekradio.net. Remember, we record Thursday nights live on Trek Radio starting at around 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and you can subscribe by pointing your podcast catcher at feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Let us know what you think of the show and submit your responses for our community question in the comment section of our site or on the STO forum post for this episode. Or now, call and leave us a message. Just visit PriorityOnePodcast.com and find out how. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to Facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast and give us a like. Or check us out on Twitter via at STO Priority One. You can even join the Priority One chat in-game. Just type forward slash channel underscore join Priority One. Captains, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One Podcast. You can continue to support Priority One with real-world donations by helping us reach our monthly financial goals. We are all volunteers, and we could use your help with purchasing new equipment, hosting fees, or to alleviate travel expenses when we cover conventions on location, like Star Trek Las Vegas. A very special thanks to everyone who has already contributed and continues to do so on a recurring basis. Without your ongoing support, we would not be able to bring you the content you've grown to enjoy from Priority One Podcast. And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Real big announcement on next week's show, guys. So if you've downloaded this on Monday, be sure to download Guard Frequency on Tuesday for a special surprise. And, uh, you know, it's also a pretty good show. You should check it out. Captains, the Priority One fleet is recruiting. If you're interested in joining, just shoot us an email with your at handle, and we'll be sure to send you an invite. The email address, as always, is incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast, including our audio engineers this week, Lennon, Elijah, and Chivalry Bean. Our foundry reviewer, Chivalry Bean. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Epic Gamer Radio, Subspace Radio, and Trek Radio. Special thanks to our sponsor, Sayulita.com. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the STO community, and our listeners. Without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage.
Later, in our Community Spotlight segment, Chivalry Bing brings us his Foundry Officer's Rip. Bing! Sh- Chivalry Bing! It's hard because it's like a tongue twister because he's coming off that other thing. <laughs> well, don't, you, don't have, you, don't have to go, you don't have to go so I didn't fast. Think I was. You can take your t- You're talking to people. You're talking. You're, you're, it's a conversation. It's a con- it's a, you're conversing. It's like I've never done this before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling a lot better now. later in our community spotlight segment chivalry (laughs) i'm just choking on the chivalry thing apparently (laughs) port and reviews of morals and ethics by vapor arc and vapor arc Holy shit, I pulled a Tony. Why don't you write it phonetically? Just write it phonetically. Just say, just say, Vaporak. I pulled a Tony and went all not for tofu. Bye. (laughs) Say, and reviews, just go, and reviews of morals and ethics by Vaporak. And reviews of, no, okay. I'm just going to go from of morals and ethics. And don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions Guard Frequency Podcast. What the heck? God Who is doing that? <laughs> I'd buy that for a I've dollar. I've been holding my breath the entire time. Because <laughs> I couldn't stop the performance. It was amazing. Um. <laughs> the music courses through him. Frequency, frequency, oh wow! It really is pretty late, there, isn't it? You have completely lost it. I still don't know who is doing that. It's a. I'm going to bed. What? Frequencia del gato. He's feeling the rhythm of the electromagnetic spectrum. It is coursing through him. I don't always listen to frequencies, but when I do, I listen to guard it's frequencies. It's on the guard. It's really good. You should check it out. Hmm. Okay. Hey, Sunsea. Hey, hold on a second. Sunsea all said we're like Seinfeld. It's a show about nothing. I resent that. I, hey, hey, this is I a show I'll about guard frequency. You know frequency. why? Because that show about nothing was on forever and made a ton of money. No mm-hmm. kidding. True. Hey, True. well, we've been on forever. We're making to, no money. I'm still getting used True. to hearing it as Sunseal. I always look and think Sunseal. 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 Like, so say we all. No, that's <laughs> you get it. Okay. <laughs> I get it. All right, where are we? Where are we? Where my heart would take me? I'm plugging my new show. A very special thanks to everyone who has already contributed and contributes to do and contributes to do so. <laughs> Note that special is in all caps. I don't know if that changes the way you want to read it. Well, no. I could. I, I, mean, I could really like emphasize uh, the special. Come exactly. on. Special! Special. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a very special thanks to everyone who has already contributed and continues to do so on a recurring basis. Without your ongoing support, we would not be able to bring you the content you have grown to enjoy from Priority One Podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor, Saulita.com. Sayulita. Most important. Say, say, right? say Ulita. No. 
Sayulita. Sayulita. Like that? Okay, it doesn't, it doesn't need the inf- the over-exaggerated Spanish <laughs> yes, inflection. It yeah. I appreciate it, though, to, as, to be as authentic <laughs> as possible. Escondita. Elijah, he's an aficionado of the accent. <laughs> He's all, oh I don't God. I don't need your Caucasian version of the Spanish inflection. Sayulita.com. Uh, <laughs> Sayulita.com. No, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. Special thanks. Do I hit stop now or?